Are you a business-to-business -business sales leader looking to lead your sales team to new heights? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. Hello, my name is Josh Sweeney, joined by my co-host, Taylor Barnes. Taylor, how are you today? I'm okay, Josh. My feet are a little sore because I've been spending so much time in the buyer's shoes that I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you should understand all the challenges that somebody goes through to buy something then. Right? I do like now. I, I've learned from pain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the leader challenge for today, the sales leader challenge is that your sales reps don't put themselves in the buyer's shoes, which hurts your ability to close deals. Sure does. I mean, how many times have you heard this, right? Regardless if we, if we lose a deal or, or never even get started on a deal, there are so many times where I hear, okay, let's talk about this opportunity and the sales rep comes right over and he's like, yeah, I'm going to sell them this. And the question becomes, okay, why? And they go, I don't know, because it's on the shelf. Uh, and that's what I need to, and that's what I need to sell. I'm like, okay, well, what about that product or service makes you think that that buyer wants it? And they're like, because it's on the shelf. It's like, no, 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 that's not how it goes. So having the ability that, and, and I hope this is one-on-one for some folks, uh, maybe, you know, to the extent of what we're going to talk about today, I don't think it is, but you have got to be able to put yourself on the buyer's shoes. Cause if you don't, you run the risk of losing it right out of the gates. You've got to understand what they want. And there was, there was, a, there was something that I learned in, um, in the 15 disciplines of, uh, of human behavior, um, and I'm forgetting the author right now, but he talks about the fact that all humans have three core wants. That is security, approval, and control. Security is obviously all your money, all your, you know, I, I want to make sure my family's health and safety and all that, you know, approval is, you know, love, affirmation, you know, if I put in an effort, I want to be recognized for it. And if you don't have either of those things, you want to be able to control the outcomes. So it's very important for people to know this when they're going into a sale, because the same wants that you have are the same wants that they have. So to be able to kind of unpack it, you know, peel out some of the layers and just really get down to the human behavior in the buyer's shoes is extremely important to your success as a salesperson. Yeah. And it gets really interesting when those wants are not aligned. So, you know, I remember it makes me think of when I was uh, going to get married. So I wanted to propose to my wife and I needed to go get a ring. Well, I didn't know anything about jewelry or diamonds or anything to that level, right? I'd purchased things before you know, bracelets and whatnot, but not that big of a purchase. <laughs> right. So one of the stores that I went into, you know, I was what we would call in the awareness phase. Like I know I have a, I know I have a challenge, which is I need to, you know, solve this problem and uh, I'm going to go do some research. So one of the stores I go into, I tell them what I'm looking for, what I'm interested in. And instead of helping me, the first thing he starts talking about is their payment program and signing up for this payment program. Ah. And I'm like, oh, so all of a sudden our wants don't align because I mm -hmm. just looked at the guy and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm paying cash. It's, you know, I don't need that. Just let me know, you know, about what I'm looking right. for. And so he takes me over to a case and then he's like, well, I just, I do want to reinforce that we do have payment programs for these. Hmm. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, this is not working. And yeah. finally, you know, I was getting frustrated. Somebody else came over. I'm like, look, I told your guy that you know, I was starting to leave. I think it was what it was. And somebody came up, Hey, why are you leaving? 
like, well, look, I told the guy like three times I was paying cash. I don't want a payment program. And that's all he kept talking about. Mm. And I, you know, I've been here 10 minutes and haven't seen a ring, you know, I haven't seen a diamond, you know? So his want was to take what was off the shelf because he's probably getting commissioned to push a payment. Exactly. Yep. And Mm -hmm. that, that killed the sale. Yep. That's right. And and look, there is nothing wrong with promoting offers promoting things incentives whatever that your that your organization is going to deem prop there's nothing wrong with that but you also cannot fit a square peg into a round hole okay so without understanding why the buyer is there and really kind of thinking okay well today they are asking me questions tomorrow they might want to demo something the next day they might want to validate this they might want to go to another competitor to ask you really have got to understand if you if you're them if you're them and you're making the kind of business decision that they're going to make what do you think goes into that obviously the individual is going to it's going to take a group effort he or she is going to solicit feedback from potentially their management team they're going to want to know what the market is it's no different than what you just said josh if i'm going out to buy a ring when i bought a ring for my wife i went out to three or four different people i educated myself i learned a lot i wanted to enjoy the experience and and all that and i wanted it to maintain a happy thing because it was a happy moment if i was getting sold a bag of <laughs> bag of junk like you were getting that would that would annoy me too and that would have been the loss of that sale And man, that's just something that you really got to look after, guys. You got to look after the fact that if you're trying to sell something or talk about something or educate someone on something that they have no interest in because of where they're at in the buyer's journey, then you're cutting yourself short right out of the gates. Yeah. So let's look at some reasons this happens. Why do your sales reps not put themselves in the buyer's shoes and truly understand the decision-making process that the buyer is going through? Uh, what's, What's one reason you have on your mind? You know, one of the things that I think gets really confusing is that they're not committing to a, you know, by they, I mean, the sales organization or potentially the salesperson is not committing to the target market they originally had set out for. So here's an example. If I'm going to go out to a specific area in in a specific demographic and really target uh, shoes, for example, because we're in buyer shoes, I guess that makes sense. Um, I'm not going to all of a sudden call them and talk about pants or shirts or, or, or whatever it is, because you're, con- you're going to confuse your target market. So I, I guess one of the reasons that I think this happens is that the company really doesn't understand their target market as well as they thought. Yeah, we see this all the time where when we do like the customer analysis portion of what we do, we dig into the titles and the geographies and everything else about the clients, our clients have sold to before to really understand those. And the person who buys a product to solve one problem has a different journey than the buyer that solves, you know, has a, has a different issue. Mm-hmm. An enterprise buyer has a different journey than a B2C client. Yeah. You know, right. All of those have a different journey that they go through. And we, we focus in, you know, as a HubSpot partner, we look at their buyer's journey and use that, but there's, there's kind of three phases, awareness, consideration, and decision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people don't know how does that decision-making process line up with their target audience. Yeah. So this doesn't shock me at all that you know this uh, is because one of the reasons it sounds like what you're mentioning is that they don't have a documented process of a buyer's journey or they don't have any sort of historical case studies of the buyer's journey that individuals can learn from. 
Is that right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, you know, there's different ways that a sales rep is going to work with you based on where you are in that journey. So if I walk onto a car lot and I say, well, I'm thinking about buying a car and I'm very early, like I, ju I just decided it, I'm, I'm researching, then I'm, then I'm going and doing research and gathering. You're not going to close me. And that's a different stage of that, what that sales rep has to provide that person right. informationally mm -hmm. is totally different than somebody who comes on, on the lot and says, you know what, been researching everything for the last six months, uh, went and looked at a couple of other lots and I decided I want a, uh, a white forerunner with black rims and 34 right. inch tires, mm. right? Like I already know what I want. That person's in the decision-making phase. And so that rep really has to understand what is that journey and what, what is their role in that case, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's, you know, I use some B2C examples here because it's easier to portray, but it's significantly more complex when we're talking about B2B sales that could take six months or a year. Right. And I think that's a really good example you just made. I mean, when, when, a, when a salesperson, and look, that's another, another practical reason here, the reason that the salesperson doesn't put themselves in the buyer's shoes, well, it's because they're in sales. Right. That's because they're in sales. They're not in buyers. They're, they're in sales. So part of, you know, part of the documented, you know, buyer's journey, I think that you just mentioned is really, really a great reason because potentially they haven't really educated themselves or really put themselves in an appropriate mindset to say, this individual is just coming here for an education for now. And I need to be mature enough in this process to know that to learn that and then make a decision whether or not I'm going to entertain it or not. Right. Cause at that point it becomes a choice. Yeah. I like what you said with the, they're in sales and they, they really haven't walked in the customer's shoes. So, right. you know, we see this all the time. If you go to a sales rep and you say, Hey, why did this person buy? Why does this person buy this product? And, and you really drill them on it. A mm. lot of times the conversation flips to features and functions and you're like, no, no, no. Why did they buy? <laughs> what what did they need? What problem does this solve for them? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's a different conversation that a lot of people really have a hard time understanding because they are the salesperson and they see it from their perspective, yep. not from that buyer's perspective. You know, the buyer yeah. says has an internal issue. They have, you know, something that's emotional that's causing this pain or a strong need in some way. And the salesperson really needs to be in tune with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to, to your point, uh, one of the things about salespeople that, that happens a lot more than, than, than it should is the fact that they are out to sell something, whatever they have, that, that's their goal. That's their ultimate goal is just sell something at all costs, no matter what. Just sell, sell, sell. And look, I'm not trying to say that that's not important. Of course it is. That's why we're in business. But in the same <laughs> breath, you also have to understand that you're not the hero of the story. The buyer is the hero. He or she is the reason this is all happening. And, and Donald Miller, who owns a story brand, uh, says it best, that the salesperson is the guide and the buyer is the hero. And until we start acting like a guide and treating them like a hero, we're never going to be able to be put in our shoes ever. We're never going to understand it because at the end of the day, the hero wins. That's the goal is to make the hero win. You sell something fantastic. Hope it's awesome. Hope it's great. Hope it makes a load of money. But if that buyer does not become the hero as part of that transaction, 
then you probably won't hear from him or her again, right? It is so important to change that into a mentality of making the buyer the hero. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm a big fan of story brand and, and that's what I think of in the back of my mind, you know, especially on intro calls and things is how do I make them look like a rock star? Yep. You know, what can I give them? That's so right. even, even early in the buyer's journey where they're just, they're just looking for information. It's like, what information can I give them that they're going to take back to their team that makes them look great? Exactly. You know, and I'm not talking about the trivial things that help close the deal. I'm talking about things that make them look like, oh, this person went and did some research yes. and they're a thought leader in the organization in sales or marketing or IT or whatever it is. And I'm immediately on their team. I want mm. them to win. Yep. Yep. That's, that's so well said. That's exactly what Donald Miller, I think, was trying to portray when we sit there and we educate and, and we make the buyer the hero so that they can look good in the process. I'll tell you what. There is no, I mean, there is a very high probability that if you make that buyer the hero in that regard, he's probably going to give you a call back. He or she's going to give you a call back to finish everything up. So, so we talked about, you know, the reasons that, you know, sellers don't put themselves in the buyer's shoes. It could include, but, you know, may not be limited to companies not knowing their target market. Uh, possibly they don't have a documented buyer's journey or enough history as an organization putting themselves in the customer's shoes. You know, the fact of the, the fact of the matter is that salespeople are in sales. They're not in, they're not in buyer's uh, shoes. So that's not uncommon. They might not have the full picture. Certain roles could be compartmentalized. And then of course, the fact that sometimes salespeople forget that they are not the hero. The buyer is the actual hero and that we as sales managers and founders and reps are the guides to make them the hero. So I'd like to get into some of the solutions, Josh. So on the first one, I mean, naturally, if the company doesn't know their target market, I think a natural solution could be to commit to a target market. What do you think? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think this is also why so many organizations that are in like niche industry verticals continue to succeed uh, oftentimes faster than people who serve many different verticals. Because if I want to know what it's like to, to walk in that buyer's shoes, let's say I sell to 10 different, different industries. I now have to really understand why each one of those different titles in those verticals buy. But if I only sell into a target market of, let's say, lawyers, then I can go out and really figure out, hey, how do I speak the lawyer's language in the way that resonates with them based on what we offer mm -hmm. and how we solve their problems and remove their pain points. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I think that's where people think a little too broadly. They're like, well, it solves the problem for all of these people. Yes, it does. But your ability as a sales rep to connect in their language yeah. and really understand exactly how they would say it to their other lawyer buddy at the conference of the problem mm -hmm. they're having, that's what really puts you in line. That's what makes you know you know, when you can use, like I, I say, using feeling words, a lot of times it's really hard. It's like, hey, take the wheel of words that has feelings. What are they feeling? And if you can't tell me as a sales rep what they're feeling and really explain that out, preferably through experience, then you really haven't walked in their shoes. Yeah. Um, so, so narrowing the target market truly helps with that because it allows you to focus on a certain type of person. Yeah, I think that's really good practical advice. And, you know, as you gain a lot of those experiences and uh, as you, you know, win a lot and lose a lot, you know, I hear a lot of times that people don't have a documented buyer's journey. Well, one way to get that is to start you know, soliciting feedback, start asking for references, understand why you won or lost the business. 
that is part of every transaction that we do. You know, I shouldn't say every. The, the majority of the transactions that we go after, the large multi-complex deals, what have you, the ones that we really want, when we win, I ask, I ask why. And when we lose, I ask why. And the feedback that I get gives me the ability to step into their world for a second to find out maybe if I missed a need or a want throughout the journey, if I misinterpreted what stage they were in, if I was too conservative or too aggressive throughout the cycle. This is all things that, that it's just a tremendous feedback to get from somebody, a customer specifically, when you win or lose the business, start soliciting feedback so that you can potentially start documenting the buyer's journey to give you a little bit more insight into what they're going through on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. I mean, understanding their why at the end and documenting that is, is part of understanding their decision-making process. And another thing that I found, and we'll post this document up for everybody to download, you know, I really liked digging into what are the search terms at each phase of that journey. And that really brought it home for mm -hmm. me that somebody goes through this decision-making process. So if you think about the way somebody has a problem, let's say sales managers and leaders that are listening to this say, well, how we used to do sales is no longer working. We're not generating the leads that we need. Well, now they're going to go start looking, you know, hey, what is sales outreach? What are sales outreach ideas? Uh, how do I resolve this issue? How do I improve? They're going to be searching for more broad terms because they know they have a symptom, but they're not really sure how they want to solve it yet. So that's an early stage of the awareness journey that you document. And then it gets more and more concise over time. Their search terms start to say, okay, well, what are the solutions for this? What are the tools? What are the service providers? What's the software? So at this point, they're in the consideration phase hmm. and they don't really know, like, I could solve it with a tool. I could solve it with a consultant. I could solve it with sales training. There's multiple different ways yeah. right, that they could solve the problem. Yeah. And so those search terms give you an idea of what is that buyer really doing? What, you know, they're getting smarter and smarter and narrowing down what they want. And then finally to the decision made uh, decision-making phase, they're actually comparing. They've shortlisted a few options. Yep. Mm -hmm. They know what the top three is. They're comparing pros and cons and their terms are, are really getting uh, narrowed down. So if you want to document and understand your buyer's journey, that's one way I like to think about is what are people actually typing in and searching for in that Google search box? Yeah, I think that's, inte yeah, that's intelligent. And in, in my mind, the way that my mind works, I wouldn't have thought of that. I think that's a really, really good one. Uh, one, of the, one of the ones that I, that I just, it's a practical approach to this is there's a lot of salespeople out there that just flat out don't ask where they are at in their process. I mean, where are you at in this journey? Where are you at in this process? Are you just just educating yourself or have you educated yourself and you found us because we're a contender and we've got a subject matter expertise and you found us online? Just ask, ask and learn. Throughout this whole thing that we're talking about here, it's very important to remember that you're talking to another human being. Just ask where they're at in the process. They called you for the most part or they're, they're pursuing you just like you're pursuing them. It's not unreasonable for you to ask where they are at in their process. And, you know, I think Josh, a lot of that comes down to training, you know, yep. um, you know, when we, when we talk about, you know, salesperson training, which we go over at, at length here because of the importance of it to take time and to train throughout this, it's so important 
for especially seasoned, you know, veterans. And I'm going to call us seasoned instead of old here, seasoned veterans like you and me, Josh, to, to explain what we've learned throughout the process so that we can paint a bigger picture for our people and, and give them an idea and a, and a glimpse into what it's like to be a buyer. Yeah. I mean, the training is such a huge part of that and really understanding and, and, you know, you could really only understand it when you go walk in their shoes. And mm-hmm. I had an early glimpse of just how pivotal this was. Uh, we were building a, a solution specifically for heavy equipment dealers for their sales team. So it was a CRM, okay. you know, mobile CRM on the iPad. They hadn't rolled out iPads this was early in the days of iPads. And uh, it was for Caterpillar dealers. So we ended up implementing this for multiple large equipment and cat dealers. And when I talked to the sales rep, the, the sales leader early on, he said, no, 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 no. I don't want to just explain this. I want you to fly to Indiana. We'll pay for it. You're going to fly to Indiana and you're going to go live the life of one of our reps. I, you're going to sit in the truck with him and go from job site to job site and see what they do and how we can make that more efficient and what their needs are. And man, you want to talk about understanding like the true needs of an individual is to go work side by side with them, you know, understand the process that they're going through. So that really gave me the bigger picture. And and why that ties into the buyer's journey is later when I was able to sell that software and go to other dealers is I knew exactly what to say. I'm like, okay, you know how your rep goes out and they, they drive out and they're standing on the construction site and they're trying to get this person this new piece of equipment and then the person gets sidetracked and they're like, well, but your old equipment's, you know, battery's dead over here, right? And now they have to overcome this issue. Mm-hmm. Like we solve that, you know, you just take a picture, it goes into the service module and then they can get back to quoting right there in the, in the construction yeah. trailer. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, and all of a sudden, like we knew the buyer's journey, we knew there their is. needs and spoke mm-hmm. it so, you know, in such a way that's so specific to them that it made that sale easier. I mean, what a, what a great experience. Yeah. And, and look, I hope everybody out there listening gets an experience like that to, to truly ride along, no pun intended in the customer's journey uh, when they're looking to make that kind of buy. But that is such a good example and such a, such a tremendous experience to kind of see how it looks from, from a 30,000, you know, foot view uh, where they're at in the process so that you can meet them where they're supposed to be and where they want to be, speak the same language, connect with them, make their lives easier. And that honestly, Josh, is probably my last solution that I would come up with here is we need to make sure that we are training the salespeople to be the guide and not the hero. We, are, we need to make sure that they know that the reason we are here as an organization is because there is a buyer out there somewhere right? We can't do it without them. We can't do it without the hero. Okay. There's a lot of things in the shelf. There's a lot of services out there. There's a lot of products, whatever it is, but we have got to start making the customer, the hero in the process, treating them as such and making sure that at the end of the day, it is a victory for them that they're the main character, that they're the star of the show because they decided to go with us. That's what makes them the hero is we made their lives easier. Sure. That's great. But we guided them. We didn't solve. We, 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 we were not the hero. They're the hero. We're the guide. That's the kind of training that we need to make sure our salespeople know. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, on that vein of training and being the guide, the question is, what are, what are we as sales managers doing to provide 
the data and the, the sales enablement content that they need in order to be that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's different templates and there's different documents we can fill out and help them fill out that have our name and brand at the top, which is always helpful, you know, but we can help show them what that journey looks like. You know, hey, here's what most of our clients go through. And if you fill this out and you can bring this to your manager and you already have this plan on how you're going to implement what we're proposing you know, or the benefits it's going to, that it's going to help. So you know, there's all kinds of sales enablement content. And, you know, you see like the calculators, like what kind of return on investment am I going to get? Okay, well, here, we're going to give you that worksheet mm -hmm. and fill it out with you so that you can preempt any questions you're going to get and look like a rock star yeah. and look like that hero. Yep. Love it, man. I, I think we've, I think we've, uh, we've made our point clear. It's extremely important to commit to your target market, understand their journey Go solicit some feedback, get some references, understand why you won or lost the deal. Josh is an incredible example of riding along in that, in that cat example. I mean, if you have the opportunity, guys and girls, to put your, to literally ride along in that example, uh, to understand the buyer's journey, then take advantage of that. Train your salespeople to be the guide and not the hero. And I'll tell you what, Josh, my feet are getting pretty uncomfortable. I think it's time I got to get out of these buyer shoes. Got to get out of here. So the final question is, does your sales team understand the buyer and their needs at each stage of the journey? And this has been Purpose Driven Sales with Barnes & Sweeney. Now go lead on purpose. Thank you for joining us on the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. If you've enjoyed the content, the best thing you can do to support us is go out to iTunes and give us five stars so that we can continue to reach more sales leaders.